members, welcome to the Ice Cream Podcast. It's the official podcast of the North American Ice Cream Association, where, as you know, we are all about ice cream people helping ice cream people. A fascinating guest uh, today in all of the, I don't know, 25 years of plus of ice cream. Uh, I don't know whether I've ever heard about an event like our next guest has held for the last couple of years for National Ice Cream Day slash National Ice Cream Month. Uh, happy to uh, have Paul Parks on from Frisbee's Dairy Barn. How are you, Paul? I'm doing great, Steve. Thanks. How are you doing? I'm good, good. Hey, tell us a little bit about how Frisbee's came to start. Absolutely. Uh, so uh, I am the owner, co-owner with my dad of Frisbee's Dairy Barn. Uh, we are uh, an ice cream production and retail company. Uh, we're based out of the Hartford area of Connecticut. And it was founded in 2015 by a real estate developer, local real estate developer who was developing gas stations. Mm. And he went to the city and said, you know, I'd really love to put a gas station on this location. And there had been an ice cream shop there back in the 50s that had a lot of history in the city of New Britain. And so the mayor of the city actually pushed back and said, well, you know, maybe we do the gas station, but, but only if we do the ice cream. And hmm. so that's kind of how the ice cream shop came together. And so he got his team and built the building and did a, a beautiful, beautiful job with it. And that's, that's how our company started back in 2015. So, and so how long have you owned it for since when? Yeah. So uh, I started working there as a college internship in 2019. Um, we, uh, Mike Frisbee, who was the developer, he went to the same school that I was a senior at, at uh, Nichols College. Hmm. And he said, you know, I don't really have time to run this anymore, but I'd like to see it succeed. Are there a couple of college interns that could really run the operations? So I started that in 2019 and it went so well uh, that he gave us the opportunity to purchase the business in 2020. Gee, that's pretty awesome. There's two common threads there. One is real estate developer. I, I think we spoke to uh, Mike Shafino in a previous podcast. He was a real yes, estate developer, yes. got into ice cream. Um, it seems as though sometimes people who are out <laughs> surveying commercial property, you know, the ice cream bug gets them for one reason. Or another. Um, and another one is the fact that you worked in the business that you eventually owned. Had Did you see yourself ever being in the ice cream business while you're going through college? Yeah, so not not at all. So I was uh, a martial arts instructor by trade. I've been trying out totally out of the left field. I've been training in that for almost 10 years in my senior year. And I had, um, I had it all lined up that I was going to open a school with the school that I was training with originally, and actually did end up doing that. So I, I ran a martial arts school from from the very start for a year until we grew this business to the multiple locations. And then had to bow out of that um, just time-wise, right. uh, but no, I, I mean I'm I'm lactose intolerant <laughs> and never uh, never had ice cream on the brain, but uh, really glad to be here. And tell me, what did uh, your dad think about your cockamamie uh, idea of <laughs> buying the buying the ice cream business you were working? In? Yeah, so I the the previous you know the original owner, the founder, he called me with the opportunity, and and I called my dad. And I said that, you know, this is crazy. I can't believe what he just said. Like he gave us this offer. I said, you know, obviously we can't do it. And, and he was really quiet on the phone. And I was like, dad? And he was like, <laughs> we should do it. And I was like, what do you mean we should do it? We don't have the time. We don't have the money. We don't have any of that. And he said, he said, we should really do it. And, and, and so for him, I mean, 
he, you know, he talks all the time about, he's got a lot of friends with, you know, adult kids and a lot of them, they don't talk to their kids or they're busy with their lives. And so, you know, we talk on the phone every day because we're running the company. So he's, he's really, you know, it's a joy for both of us to be able to work together. Um, And so that's been a really cool experience. Yeah. I've said that before. We have two or three of our adult kids working for us and, you know, not, not everyone's blessed to have a great relationship with, with fathers or sons or whatever, but uh, I, I just love the fact that uh, we run a family business here. And I often say that, well, I, I think my, I don't think, my kids are as happy to work with their dad as their dad is as happy to work with their kids. In any case, so when you took over the business, was there just one location? There was, yep. So the original location in New Britain, uh, which is still our, our highest volume location, and we also do all of our production still there. Um, so we started with the one in 2020, and then we expanded uh, up to five now. That's great. And so are they all in that region, I'm assuming? Uh, So we have three in the Hartford area of Connecticut, and then we're originally from Rhode Island, which is about 90 minutes uh, up the road. So we opened two over there, one in downtown Providence, and then one right over the line in Massachusetts and North Attleboro. Wow, that's great. Great uh, progress in a relatively short period of time. Um, and tell us a little bit about your product, your, your batch freezing on site, uh, three gallon tubs, how many flavors, that kind of thing. Yeah. So, uh, we, uh, we make a super premium product, uh, all made by hand batch freezing. Uh, we do a two, two and a half gallon, uh, tub and we're, we're kind of known for the classics. Uh, we have some interesting flavors that we rotate in for specials, but we have, depending on the location between 18 and 32, of your solid, uh, you know, vanilla, chocolate, strawberries, anything with cookies is our kind of sweet spot. That's, those are always the most popular, the cookie monster, cookies and cream, cookie dough, all that kind of stuff. Oh, well, congratulations on growth to this point. I mean, that's uh, it just, I, I find it fascinating when you talk to people in the ice cream business who never, ever pictured themselves in the ice cream business and yet have these thriving businesses that, you know, not only um, are a great source of revenue, but you know, it's, a, it's a place for the community to gather. Uh, you've got the opportunity to mentor these kids coming through the business. It's just just fabulous. So you reached out to me and I got to say, I've been, uh, we've ran our own shops in Australia. We've run shops here. We, we've been in contact with hundreds and hundreds, maybe thousands, tens of thousands of ice cream shops <laughs> all around the world. Uh, over that period of time, I don't think I have ever come across an event uh, that you described in an email to me. Um, and it seems like such a great event, but I don't know whether too many people do it, which is 24 hours of ice cream. So you you basically <laughs> celebrate National Ice Cream Month, open up the door and don't close them again um, until the next day. Do you want to tell us a little bit about how that idea came about? Absolutely. Uh, so I, I wish I remember the exact book I was reading, but I, I believe it was Simon Sinek. And he was talking about a business. It was one of those like copy or printer businesses where you went in. And, and I think it was, it, he, he talked about, he said it was a 24 hour business and new management came and said, well, we don't make any money from, you know, 1am to 10am. So let's just close and let's just keep just our peak hours. And they did that. And, you know, it was like a business case. And as soon as they did that, they instantly lost money in their peak times, even though 
nobody was really coming in those off-peak times anyways. And so kind of the conclusion was that people loved that they could depend on this company, you know, 24 hours a day, they could always go. So that, that just stuck in my mind. And I said, you know, we have such a short season, especially in the Northeast, how cool would it be for a 24 hour ice cream shop? And then, then, then I stopped and maybe my dad told me I was crazy and and it was definitely crazy. So we we didn't do that, but I said, you know, we could definitely do one day. Um, And so what better day than, than, you know, national ice cream day. So So so, yeah, so, so when, yeah, when did, when was the first time you did this? Yeah. So I had the idea early 2021 and obviously had to throw it to my staff because if nobody was going to, you know, work the 24 hours, it didn't matter. <laughs> and they loved it right off the bat. As soon as I said it, they latched onto it. And, and from six months from idea to event, we had our first event in our new Britain location in 2021. And so what, what was that? What was that first event? (laughs) Yeah. So each event follows the same pattern, which is at midnight, we have a line around the building, rain or shine, uh, hundreds of people right at midnight. They go from about midnight to one or two o'clock and then it dies down and we have maybe one to five customers an hour all the way through the night. you know, 5 a.m., 6 a.m. And then as soon as it turns our normal hours, 12 to 10 and all the way to midnight, it's flying around the building nonstop the whole day. So it's a it's a super cool uh, event. And, and every year um, it, it's our, our record day for the year. And tell me, so you close for whatever day that is, the day before, let's say. Um, and so you close at whatever it is, 9, 10 o'clock. You spend, what, the next little bit of time prepping and then you open your doors at let's say 12.01 a.m on national ice cream and yeah you, you got it and so tell me i mean part, part of me thinks almost going back to what you were talking about before about this process of well it's not overly busy during the times where you know between 1 a.m and 4 or 5 or 6 or whatever it is but the fact that you can line up there and go in and particularly in this social media live stream, uh, you know, world that we live in, I imagine that you've got a whole bunch of content creators saying, hey, I'm lining up at midnight down at Frisbee's for National Ice Cream Day to kick in. What has, how has this kind of affected, I guess, the growth of your business and leveraging that in a social media standpoint? Yeah, 100%. It's, it's huge social media. Um, it, it's one of those things where as soon as you hear it, it sounds crazy and people want to talk about it. So um, every year, the you know, this year we did a lot more outreach, trying to be intentional about getting out words with it. But in previous years, I mean, the news comes to us and the uh, influencers are coming to us because it's just one of those things where it sounds so cool. And it is cool. You know, I mean, it's cool from a, you know, we actually have customers that are there and love it. We have healthcare workers that are getting out of work at midnight and coming in, but it's also the novelty of, you know, kids come in their pajamas at midnight to get ice cream. And so the coverage that we get, you know, over the hundreds and hundreds of people that check in on Facebook and Instagram, I mean, has been, a, you know, a dramatic shift in our business. I mean, it totally changes the previous week, the week after, um, you know, so it's to your point, it's much more of an impact than just the individual day. 
Right. And do you do anything else on that day so far as is there, are there specials, two for ones, or is it just the fact that, hey, we're open 24 hours? Yeah. So we, we don't do any discounts for the day. Um, people always ask, but um, I have a hard enough time staffing it to keep up with the traffic <laughs> right. as it is. So, you know, I don't think uh, giving a discount on our busiest day is where I want to be, but we do offer, um, we try to do first time flavors. We do brownie Sundays, waffle Sundays, and, and, you know, we'll do at different times, you know, so we have like a line of cereal ice creams that people love and um, get, uh, you know, in the morning for breakfast and the waffles come out in the morning. And so each kind of time of the day has different specials. And uh, we have a food truck every year. Uh, one of our locations did a touch a truck event this year. So, we, you know, we try to keep it a fun family event where there's there's exciting reasons to be there, not just because it's 24 hours. And when you're talking food truck, you're not talking your food truck. You're talking about you're, you're partnering up with somebody sure. else to do that. Right, right. Yeah, that's, a, you know, we have a, a Brazilian grill that comes in and do does some, you know, so they can get dinner or lunch and then ice cream as well. And so they always do really well. And that's a really cool partnership for us. So tell me, um, I'm interested in, um, and again, I think this is great information so far as some people feel as though, some business owners feel as though, well, we need to discount or two for one uh, or, or something like that to get people in. But I like the fact that you're leveraging this event with things like first-time flavors and unique things that aren't necessarily discounted, but they're still... Um, a sense of urgency there that, hey, we're only rolling this out on this day or be the first to try this particular flavor. Do you do that in other times of the year? Exactly. Yeah. So uh, one thing we did do this year is we gave out, uh, like for the first 50 people in line, we gave out free ice cream coupons uh, to come back next time. But again, not that individual day. And so we try to do, we'll do uh, a monthly flavor. So like, for example, in February is always a, a slower time, obviously, with the season. So that's when we launch our Red Velvet, which is a, a, an absolute favorite of our customers. So people want it at other times, but I say, you know, only in February. So that kind of helps bolster our sales there. So we we try to, and, and to your point, I mean, that was our biggest takeaway this year um, how do we capture this kind of energy and excitement and, and bring it into other months and other events for the year? Um, and tell me, do you started off, I'm assuming, just with one location doing this. Does all of your locations do this every year now? <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. Yeah, no. So we, uh, we did it in the one store for the two years. And then our newest store in North Attleboro, I have a really good team down there that's not just me. Um, and so they they are the newest store. So we said, what better way to do it um, to get some good marketing? So they did it for the first time there this year. And it was a, a huge success. And, and it was funny, both of our locations, you know, they're, they're close, but the weather was, I mean, it was easily one of the worst weather days of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and again, that was one of our big takeaways that, you know, we were so heartbroken. So many shops around us had to close for the day and, and we probably would have closed on a normal day because it was just so bad. Uh, but it was still a record day for that new shop just because of that, that excitement and that marketing. And, you know, you lose the impulse by, but the folks that had it on their calendar, they're going to come rain or shine. And so that was how do we do more of that in December and January? And so that was, that was really, really cool for us this year. 
Yeah, intro, that's what we were saying prior to hitting record here was that, you know, people will uh, roll up in snowy weather and buy ice cream, but it can be 85 degrees and raining. And the rain is like a, an ice cream killer. So the, yeah, for the sure. season <laughs> depends on, you know, these these kind of rainy days and so forth. Hey, with your um, martial arts ability, anyone that's, you know, what we would say in Australia, um, being a pork chop or or, or <laughs> being being dis out of out of line. Have you ever had to utilize martial arts to kind of get people to <laughs> comply, stand in line, <laughs> be an unruly kind of thing? You know, maybe my uh, maybe my instructor voice every now and then projecting. You know, but but nothing uh, nothing physical. No, we've, <laughs> okay. we've got great customers there. They're supportive. I mean, the occasional upset about a flavor, but you give them another flavor and they're happy. Everybody's happy with ice cream. <laughs> I always, uh, my mind always goes to Rex Kwando in uh, Napoleon Dynamite as my ultimate uh, martial arts instructor. Barrio <laughs> Sensei. Barrio Sensei. That's um, it. <laughs> so tell me, uh, any, any challenges that come with this process? I mean, is it hard to find staff? Uh, what, what are some of the things that you kind of think, well, you know, 98% of this promotion is fantastic. These are the, a couple of challenges that we have, or is there? Yeah, I think, um, we have to be really ahead of it. Um, you know, I can work a 12 hour day if I have to, I can't work a 24 hour day. So it, I really depend on our team to be there. And so if I don't have a strong team in place way ahead of time, um, it, it can't happen. Um, and, so we have some staff that have been with us since 2019, and that's been really cool for us. Um, it, it just makes it easier to have folks there that you trust. Um, but I, I, you know, honestly, because we have that, that I, I think is the biggest challenge. But it hasn't been that difficult, just because of of you know we're lucky, and a lot of them are coming up on the end of their college experience, and so we're going to have to have some turnover in the next few years as they move on but but right now we're really in a lucky spot where we've had some real committed long-term staff and that's been uh really helpful in event uh, you know for an event that's 24 hours and and believe it or not they they fight over that midnight to 6 a.m shift <laughs> it is it is coveted for sure oh that's very cool yeah it, it just cannot be understated about um the the time and effort and value of employees managers frontline staff um you know you you just they they become the catalyst for you enjoying the business or stepping back from the business or growing your business and i think that's one unusual challenge that we have in our industry is that you know we rely on these college kids these these shift managers and supervisors and trainers that um you know when college goes back and you've got kids that are home for the summer that now leave to go to college. It's a challenge trying to find them and vice versa. When they finish their college experience and head back out, um, you know, it's a challenge for business owners. Hey, tell us what's what's uh, in the future for Frisbees. Yeah, so <clears throat> right now we are working on growing our catering program. Hmm. And the next big step for us is a bigger uh, production space. Um, hmm. So. Uh, absolutely loved uh, your podcast uh, uh, about expanding production uh, because that's right where we are. We are still running our production out of the New Britain location. It's only about 2,000 square feet, and it's right. both our highest volume retail and our production space. So 
Uh, we're not having a fun time, but but we're making a lot of ice cream and it's working. Uh, but that's that's the key thing for us is we really have to get uh, to our own space uh, for production. And are you just doing one batch freezer, two batch freezers currently? Um, up until this year, we only had one 24 core batch freezer. Uh, so we were literally running seven days a week, 15 hours a day. Oh, wow. um, yeah. And this year we got a 44 quart to go along with it. So we've cut our production way, way down, uh, which our team appreciates. Um, but it's still, uh, you know, then the volume picked up. So it's, right. you know, it's a, it's a process, but we're, we're grateful to have the business to support the growth. And uh, what's your day-to-day? Where do you find yourself as, as the owner? Are you some production, some retail, some planning? Yeah, so I spent the first few years of the business mainly in retail. Um, the, you know, expanding from one to five was uh, aggressive and, 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 and challenging. Um, I now spend the majority of my time in production. Uh, with the plant, you know, where now it's not just uh, one location serving the ice cream, we've got to make it all, we've got to make enough of it. And then we have to get it where we're going. So I I have to spend a lot of my time coordinating and making sure the deliveries get to where they need to be. um, And making sure enough ice cream is made uh, to to hit our demand. So that's, that's the majority of my day to day right now. But it, you know, it changes, changes every year. That's cool. And where's dad fit into all of this? Is dad just kind of kicking back on the porch watching um, <laughs> all run around or has dad got a, a hand in the process? Yeah, no, dad, dad works hard. He, you know, so the majority of my time is spent on the day-to-day operations, like I said. So dad is uh, in the office uh, and, um, you know, whenever a bill needs to be paid or, you know, so any, anything that needs to be done from a computer that I'm, I'm on the move and can't handle, he's on it. So he's, he's a huge support and, uh, you know, he, he, he loves it. So it's, it's really cool and, and couldn't do it without him. That's fabulous. Are you guys going to ConeCon this year? Oh my goodness. Of course we wouldn't miss it. Oh, I can't wait to meet, uh, can't wait to meet you and dad. So you sound like an awesome team. I appreciate it. Yeah, we're excited. ConeCon's been huge for us. I mean, every, this, this will be our third, and every year we learn at least one thing that that changes everything for us. So it's been um, something we've absolutely loved. Fabulous. Well, mate, where can people find more uh, information on Frisbees? Yeah, so you can find us. Uh, we have a great website. Uh, it's Frisbees, F-R-I-S-B-I-E-S. It's the last name of the founder, not the Frisbee that you throw. Uh, so frisbeesdairybarn.com. Um, or you can find us at Frisbee's Ice Cream or at Frisbee's Dairy Barn, both both of those on Instagram and Facebook. Those are our different um, locations. Mate, you do have a very good website. I've been kind of scrolling through as we've been chit-chatting. Um, yeah, it, it can't be understated too. The, the presentation that you have online, you know, is, is generally the preceding process of someone coming to your store. Um, so, yeah. Nice website. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. We we invested, you know, more than I would have liked to in it, but it it uh, you know, for what our goal was to kind of expand to where we are today, which was our our five year plan. Um, originally, it, it it really fit in to say, you know, we need to have that good brand online. So we we, we really appreciate it. Nice. 
Well, mate, um, thanks for dropping us the line. It's good to talk to you. Look, if you're listening to Paul here and think, you know what, I could be on this podcast, just like Paul emailed us, uh, drop us a line, info at icecreamassociation.org. And for more information on the podcast, previous episodes, and all of the association uh, information, particularly ConeCon, the biggest ice cream trade event of the of the country, uh, go to icecreamassociation.org. Thanks again, Paul. It's been great to talk to you. Thanks so much. See you at ConeCon. Mm-hmm.